Thank you for joining us for Dwelling Place Lithia Podcast. We hope this message will help you find your identity in Christ and create growth in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning on Luke 21 amongst some other companion verses distant cousins maybe Luke 21 Starting at verse 1, it says, And he looked upon and saw the rich putting in their gifts into the treasury. Now, mind you, Jesus has been at the temple for a little while, and he's been talking about all kind of stuff. And some wise, right? I mean, that's the way I think of it. I ain't got no proof. But in my mind, she already probably gave something. This message is not about money, so don't get in that box. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, little jokes. It says that giving their gifts into the treasury. Have y'all ever gotten gifts? Before? I'm sure everybody in here has gotten gifts before. Has anybody ever thought that in the gift that you gave or were giving that it was everything the person had? Probably not. Usually a lot of times I could talk a couple many weeks ago about preparation. People usually prepare. My wife's good about that. She prepares for birthdays and I'm like, again... I wanted to buy some stuff. Can't buy some stuff now because now we got to re-prepare this money for something else. Like, you know, my wife's a, a good giver. Sometimes I'm not so much of a giver, you know. But a lot of times people give you a gift or a, they offer something to you It's not everything they have. If you offer somebody food, usually when they don't have any food, you're not giving them everything in your pantry. Giving them something out of your pantry. It's not everything. They're gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow putting in two small copper coins. Now, you've heard this called the widow's mite. They didn't really, weren't called mites back then. They were called something else. I don't remember what it was. It starts with an L, and I don't really know how to pronounce it. Anthony might could help me with my pronunciation because I mispronounce stuff, and he pronounces it better than I do. <laughs> but they weren't really called mites, but it's been coined that later. But a mite is actually half of a cent. So she, in essence, gave a penny. We've heard the saying, a penny for your thoughts. It's about how much a lot of our thoughts may be worth sometimes. 
It was about a penny, and it was one of the least valuable coins in circulation at the time. It wasn't valuable at all, much. It was worth about six minutes of an average daily wage to most people. Six minutes. Now, when I read that, I did some figure and I took my hourly wage, divided it into minutes to find out how much money I make a minute. It's a lot more than her six minutes. If you add that up, it'd be an interesting thing for you to do sometimes. Just so you know what it costs for a minute of your time. Worth about six minutes. And it says here that when she put in these small coins, and it said he, being Jesus, truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them, for they all out of their surplus put into the offering. But she out of her poverty put in all that she had to live on. And right after that, there were some people talking about how beautiful the temple was. <laughs> like, like, poor widow gives it all. Look, Jesus, how beautiful the temple is. <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you just move on to something else? But she gave it all, all that she had to live on. How many would say that you found yourself in a place where all you had was a widow's might and not money? Or let me say it like this. How many would say that you've ever found yourself or maybe you find yourself there now or maybe you find yourself there later in the future that all you have is a widow's might and you say, God, this is all that I have. This is all the six minutes that I have. This is all the time that I have. See, I had a lot more time. See, one of these mites was stamped out of uh, some metal or material that was bigger. So it was a small portion of something bigger that made this mite. And so... Have you ever found yourself in a place that you had an abundance, but by the time everybody started coming, grabbing stuff off of what you had, you don't have anything left but six minutes. That's all I got. I had more, but I preobligated myself to where now all I got is six minutes. I provisioned for more, but by the time all these unexpected things came up in my life, all I got is six minutes. I had more time to spend with you. I found myself recently that if we was watching these house programs where they're fixing stuff up, it's pretty neat to see what people do with stuff. And we go to watch a program like, I need to do something with the Lord first. So I've been purposing to say, all right, I'm going to spend some time reading the Word and spend some time. Okay, now I can do this. I never used to do that. We've done, done that before as a family where we were going to sit down and watch a movie. And I was like, you know, we haven't really done anything with the Lord. So let's read the proverb of the day. 
and talk a little bit about it, and then we'll be free to have some time to do something else. So we're trying to make a purpose to spend some time with the Lord. And, you know, like spending time with the Lord isn't really listening to a sermon on YouTube. <laughs> a lot of times I can think that I spent some time with the Lord because I listened to somebody preach on something, but it, it, it's not. <laughs> it's good. It's just not. It's good a lot of times because they rub me and make me, like, question things, and, and I learn, and, and I get going after things. That's what, what should happen in here amongst each other, that we say stuff to each other, and we, we end up becoming better. But how many would say you found yourself in that place where all you had was maybe six minutes? Maybe your six minutes looks like 30 minutes. But you find yourself in a place where all you have is a widow's might, and you're like, God, I need you to do something with my widow's might. So here's the problem. It's not your might. It's the widow's might. So you have less than what it would have been if it was your might. I don't know about you. I'm not a widow. See, widows, they lost their husbands. Their husbands are the ones that gave them a source of life. They gave them provision. That's the way it worked. Now, I know we're liberated today, and there's a lot of women... Women make more money than the husbands do. But that's not the way that it worked. She didn't have any provision. And then you have the New Testament church that says, take care of your widows. Maybe that was all the provision that she had. Have you ever found yourself in a place that all you had was a widow's might? Why does he keep saying that? Because it's important. A widow's might. How many would say that you would consider yourself to be willing to write a blank check to the Lord right now? Not money. But a blank check. Whatever it is you ask, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever time you want me to, to you, you want to take. I'm writing you a blank check and the box is not filled in. How many of us would say that we might would be willing to do that? I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say I don't know that I'm willing to do that at this point in my life because I don't know what he's going to ask of me. But going back to our back wall, there may be some point that we got to write a blank check. And maybe it's a blank check of a community and not an individual. Maybe, it, maybe it's that there's a need and or there's something and there's a person that says this is what we need to do and they say we will handle it without knowing that they got the people to back them up to handle it. That's a blank check. Like you don't know. Are we willing to write a blank check like the good Samaritan who came and bandaged up the wounds and said, listen, I got to go away. Um, do whatever you got to do to him, and I'll settle up when, when I get back. That's a blank check. 
You have no clue what that's going to cost. See, the widow, in my mind, does not consider her two mites as valuable as her relationship. We have a story in the Luke 7, 36 about the woman with the alabaster box. And it says that Mark's gospel and, and uh, Matthew's gospel say that Jesus was at the house of Simon the leper. So he must have been healed at some point. And they identified with him as being a leper. Because otherwise Jesus would be really unclean, and the woman who came with the alabaster box would be really unclean. Luke calls him a Pharisee, though. Luke says that Jesus came to a Pharisee's house, or Simon the leper. And there's a difference between the Gospels and how they give this account. Some say that Luke says that that the woman with the alabaster box washed Jesus' feet with her tears and her hair and put oil on his feet. And other gospels say that she broke the alabaster box and anointed his head. Jesus said that she is preparing me for burial. So there's a difference there in the way that they account this situation. One account says that she broke the box or break the box. Greek word suntribos, which is made up of two words, broken and completion. And in our brokenness, he completes us. He's looking for a broken vessel. And it says that she came to find him when she found out that he was there. So whatever other plans she had apparently didn't matter at the time. Because she heard he was there, and she went there. Talk about not enough preparation. But she thought enough to bring that box with her. That had her precious oil in it. And then you had some of the different people that were there in the room were complaining about what a waste of oil this is because they could have sold it for a lot of money and took care of the poor. That's noble. That's a noble thing to take care of the poor. But here's the problem. Nobody else in that room know what that oil cost her. And there will always be people that have a better idea what to do with your oil. There will always be people with better ideas of what to do with your oil. Or wonder about the extravagance of your worship. Or wonder about why you give so much time to this and that. There's a story of a 
widow woman who her husband, Obadiah, took care of the prophets in the cave and ran up a debt and went on to be with the Lord and that debt was never settled. And this widowed woman did not have enough to pay this debt. And it says that the prophet Elisha came to her and she said, you know the faithfulness of my husband. You know he was faithful to the Lord and now the creditors are coming to take my sons away. And he says, what do you have? And she says, I have but this bit of oil. He didn't say, what do you need? Oh, I need $500,000. He didn't say that. He said, what do you have? I have but this bit of oil. And he said, go gather as many vessels as you can. And she filled the vessels with oil and sold the oil to pay off the debt and lived on the rest. So my question is, what do you have? Like, I'll do more when I have more time. Well, you can hang that up because you're only going to get 24 hours in a day, every day, and that's it. There's going to be no more. And the ones you spend today, you can't get back, they're spent. And you're not promised the ones that you're going to get tomorrow. So the question is, what do you have? Sometimes we find ourselves in a place like the story Jesus tells of the man who's asleep, his children are in bed, and there comes a knocking on the door from the neighbor who needs some bread. And he's like, go away. I'm sleeping. I'm paraphrasing. This is not a word-for-word translation. He says, go away. I'm sleeping. My kids are in bed. I'm in bed. I, I, don't, I don't have time for this. I need some bread. Go away, I'm sleeping. No, I need bread. Fine, I will get up because the only way that I'm going to get any sleep is to give you what you're asking for. The problem is sometimes we forget what it's like to be on the other side of that door. It gets easy in our creature comforts to forget these things. And when Jesus asked Simon and Leopard, who loves more, the one forgiven a little or the one forgiven a lot? Well, obviously, Simon the Leopard must have gotten healed of his leprosy and must have forgot what he had. You have the same situation in the story of the ten leopards. They go away. Only one comes back. Jesus says, wasn't there ten? Maybe they forgot. It's easy to forget, but what do we have? Philippians 2 says this.
did not mark that. There we go. Philippians 2 says this. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Having this attitude in yourself which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in form of God, did not regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in likeness of men. But found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death, on a cross. For this reason also God has highly exalted and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Translation, think of yourself less. I have to think of myself less. And it's hard sometimes. Because like Toby Keith says, let's talk about me. <laughs> I don't, is that legal? Can we make a reference to country music in church? But it's true a lot of times, isn't it? It's not a sad message, good message. It's good for us to think less of ourselves. Because if we don't think less of ourselves, even when it gets down to the widow's might, we will have plans for it. I personally need a lot of help with that. I don't know if anybody else in here needs help with that. I personally do need a lot of help with that. And there may be some people who look at my life and say, you don't need any help with that. You do this, you do that. It's not good enough. I think a lot of times about the short amount of time that I have and what I utilize that time for. 
or what I do with that time that I have in my life. And I'm not against enjoying life. I enjoy life and like to do things. But I do often think of what, what will be said about me when I'm gone. I heard it said like this, that there was a car salesman and he went to a funeral and when he was at the funeral he got to the, to the last guy and handed them the last car that he had. And the guy said, well, how did you have the exact amount of cards that you needed at this funeral? And he says, on the law of averages, the average person knows about 250 people. So he brought 250 cards. That's not good enough for me. I should affect a lot more than 250 people in my life. To some people, they'd say that's a lot of people. But if Lord willing and I could live 80, 90 years, that's not that many people. If you divide it, By the amount of years that you had or the minutes that you had or your six minutes, even if I gave a mite, I haven't done the math on this, but I'm pretty sure that it would be less than six minutes if you divided that up. So the question is, what do you have? Because... Even if all you have is six minutes, it's necessary. And maybe if we're lucky, we can take the couple of mites that you have throughout a month and add them up and maybe get 30 or 40 minutes. But it's necessary because there's a lot of work to be done. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, please share it. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at dwellingplacelithia.org forward slash donate. We'll see you next week and may God bless you and your family.